As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. Sort of Android Dungeon. The Spice. Should it flow? Should it dry up? Did anyone get any spice? Dune, baby! Dune! Hotly anticipated title. First playthrough, review, and some other stuff. Stay tuned. Welcome to CFRU 93.3 FM, broadcasting of the University of Guelph, Guelph, Ontario campus. You are listening to Android's Dungeon, the greatest show on CFRU. I think it's safe to say um, there may be some pretenders, but don't listen to them. Nine out of ten doctors agree Android's Dungeon is the healthiest show for you as well. That's right. I want to know who the one doctor is and take care of him. We're working my drift. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram at um, Androids Dungeon Radio, I think, or something like that. Like, <laughs> let me just uh, pull up my card. I always forget to. We're gramming. Uh, I actually lost it, so give me a second here. Anyway, just check us out on all the various services. <laughs> Tweet at us. Tweet at us. Droid Dungeon Radio at gmail.com is definitely. Slip into my DMs. Slip in. <laughs> slide. Slide <laughs> into the DMs, Joel. <laughs> Clearly, you've never done it before. <laughs> Uh, this show is about <laughs> movies and games and music and things that irritated us as we were walking into the studio. I'm going to start with It's Cold Outside. It is November 13th, and it is there's way too much snow. Was it just me, or was it like the end of December by the time we oh, got no. snow last time? It was. We've kind of fast-forwarded here. It's here to stay. Who's that? Oh, it's Harry, by the way. Oh, hello. Uh, oh, long time listener, hairy. first time caller here. <laughs> it's, it's more high quality radio. <laughs> Not introducing a guest right Jack, from the we were talking about uh, <laughs> Harry's. Oh, Harry wants man. to get in on the uh, on the coffee game. He wants, he wants an espresso machine. How's your espresso machine? Though? It's fantastic. So shout out to the good folks at Delaney and also Joel and Harry and their various spouses that I'm sure subsidize some of these purchases in some shape or form yeah. uh, for purchasing as a housewarming gift the Delaney. Uh, Deloney? Hey, it's me, Deloney. I don't know. The espresso maker. <laughs> you, It's pretty cool. It's fantastic. Um, so Harry was looking at uh, getting himself in on this, and I just want to show you. Can you look up the Cafe Lat robot? <laughs> okay. Shout out, shout out to my boys at Cafe Lat. <laughs> I think I think they're Cafe Lat robot. Cafe Lat Like latte? C-A-F-E-L-E-T? Cafe Lat? Robot, sorry. This is exciting radio, folks. Mm. Jack's Googling stuff. <laughs> Caf- Cafe Lat all one I'm going to give a little introduction here. Drip coffee is in the past. Yeah. Automatic espresso <laughs> machines also in the past. <laughs> you got to feel the pull of your espresso. You got to work for it. You got to work for it. <laughs> that's the idea. Got to take at least 10 minutes. That, that's what I want. Here, is... I can show you. Okay. So it's uh, it's pretty cute looking. So Joel showed me a picture of you know what the best the, the first thing that popped in my mind is you know how there are those wine openers that have like the the like kind of looks like a guy jumping. Oh uh, yeah, it, it looks like this except the guy's not jumping. It looks like that classic. Uh, I can't remember the name of that Leonardo da Vinci. The drawing. Vitruvian man. Yeah, the Vitruvian man. Yeah. It's like a milkshake machine. It, that's yeah because it's got the same. It's got that like fifties uh, color tone. Exactly, and that like classic design, similar to like a KitchenAid mixer. Exactly. But uh, so like, what really frustrates you about this espresso machine? Um, I don't know. Probably just I have to put in and grind the beans, and uh, yeah, I can't just push a button and get espresso. <laughs> every, it's probably it's probably every... really annoying that it heats the water too, right? Eh. It's not the oh, worst. oh, it doesn't it doesn't heat the water. Every part <laughs> of making espresso except for <laughs> applying pressure has to happen <laughs> externally from this machine. You have to have a kettle, you gotta boil the water, you gotta grind your coffee. But But don't worry, it's much more expensive than your machine. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. And, is it, is it $25, and the best part is there's a much higher capacity for user error. Good. Right? 
I like to be able to screw up. Oh, well, look, the, <laughs> the bar that. is actually right there on the thing, eh? There's a little meter uh, yeah, to tell pay, you how much barometric s- pressure you're putting you on it. Barometric pressure. USD for that. How much? 60 American dollars. Oh, that's, that's extra. Extra. Oh, sorry. I thought the whole unit <laughs> was 60 dollars. Oh, no, no. Let's, let's not mention that one. Yeah. <laughs> how bad is it? It's... Uh, it's 310 US dollars. It seems excessive, um, and you, I guess you got to be real hipster about your coffee if you're buying this thing. I don't One know. day. I, I have yeah. to have achievable goals. My neighbor, we had dinner with him on the weekend, and um, he asked us after dinner, is there anything you'd like to drink? And I, I did the usual deferring, like, oh, you know, I don't need anything. He's like, well, I'm making coffee. He's like, well, I don't want to make any effort. You know, well, no, I'll do it. I'll, so I'll make you an espresso. Okay, fine. He gets out a hand grinder. <laughs> <laughs> We're just talking about <laughs> We're just this. talking about hand grinders. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts going at it, and he's saying it tastes better this way. And I'm, I'm just kind of looking at him. It's like, okay, it's, yeah. it's a very nice gesture, and I and I, I I'm glad you appreciate that. I can I can appreciate the part of the re- whole reason behind this is I can definitely appreciate that there is a kind of ritual about making something by hand, but a hand grinder. See, the positives of the hand grinder is it takes longer, and you get That's a better. less even grind. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think you meant negative. <laughs> no, right, no, right, it's, a, right. it's a positive. It's, it's it helps you. It's a positive because it reminds you why you don't do this. <laughs> you just go and get your. I own. prefer the pestle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what it was. The it motor. looked like he was making. It looked like he was grinding pepper, but there was no pepper coming out. I like, mm. I like to put my coffee beans in a plastic bag and then just smash. just smash it with a hammer. I like to chew up my coffee beans. And <laughs> spit them oh, yeah. into. Yeah. Yeah. It also pre-blooms your grounds that way. Hey. Yeah, get a little water. I actually yeah. try to feed uh, bits of the beans and the cat food. So and then I scoop them with a litter box and try oh, to hey, those are expensive. Serve oh, <laughs> Turns out they just tastes like cat poop. Isn't it the most expensive <laughs> coffee in the world? I've heard that. It goes yeah. through animal dung. I can't remember which animal. It's a serval cat. Serval coffee is there we what go. it's called. I'd try it, but it's not like I'm not exactly <laughs> rushing out to pay fifty dollars for uh, like a, a gram of coffee. Tweet us. How do you make your coffee? Mm-hmm. I guarantee. Please be the first. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Android's Dungeon is also about coffee, apparently. Um Let's uh, let's start with Harry. Harry, what have you been playing recently? And avoid the big ones, because we're going to talk about Dune in the second half of the show. Avoid the big ones. Yeah, a well, big one, singular. Uh, I've been playing uh, a lot of a lot of tapestry, to be honest. You're a sick I, man. I still don't. <laughs> how many games? We played Good. this game once, and I went home, and I had no idea how I felt about it, so I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what you do Not when cheap. you're confused about a game. <laughs> yes, uh, I've probably I think I, well, I've played four games now. Holy smokes! All right, wait. Oh, what, wait. What player counts? So I've played two player, three player, no, <clears throat> sorry, two player and four player. Okay. Oh no, that that's incorrect. We played three player, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've played two, three, and four. Okay. Uh, I much preferred the two and three player games okay. to the four, just because it happens on a smaller map. It feels like four players on a six player map is not great. Um, mm. Still don't know how I feel about it. My opinions <laughs> about the game have not changed since the first time we played. <laughs> It's no. it's it's crunchy. There's a lot of there's a lot of material in this game. There's a lot of actions. It's composed of game mechanics that I like <laughs> that are stitched together into this weird Frankenstein. I still can't tell directly how each of my actions relates to my end game score, but uh, I'll keep trying. So I was leaving my big game last Friday, and the guy asked me on the way out because he everybody's seen that's in golf board gamers the fo- the photos of us playing. So well, a couple people have asked how ta- how's tapestry. Chris asked, uh, Jason and Derek have asked, and now Hassan, who is that guy that hosts me. And I, I really I just still don't have an answer for them. There's and a I very simple point to Jack, and I say Jack's being very tight-lipped about it. There's a very simple answer is don't buy it. That's my first and quickest answer if somebody's going to say, what do you think about don't buy it? That's, don't buy it yet. Don't buy it. Play it at somebody else's. <laughs> totally. And then come up with This is not going to be something like, again, not not making too deep of an, an analysis of the it's game right here. It's going to be a spiel the it, But I meant more. It's like it's not going to it's not gonna impress people like Scythe. You put that on the table and already people, mm. are, is, your eyeballs are kind totally. of popping at it. It's not as uh, kind of got a cool theme as viticulture in the sense of like oh pl- oh how whimsical you know planting wine and or planting grapes and growing wine and stuff. It's it, it's or wingspan which was insanely hot and with cute birds and things. It's but you put this down and I don't know what you're expecting because <laughs> yeah. you're not yeah. going to get it. That's what I'm going to tell you right away. And also I don't know if we're Civ fans because we play a lot of Civ. <laughs> 
But I don't think we're like that kind of person that's like, oh, I want to play a war game. I want to play a civilization mm. game. It's a topic for another right, time, but uh, is Tapestry even really a civilization? Exactly. No. It's like if you're, if you're looking to play a Civ game too, you're also going to be disappointed. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll you, get to you, this. A quarter of the game is a Civ yeah. game. So a quarter? Which quarter? <laughs> yeah. Well, the ones where you got Civs. Where there's yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah. when you <laughs> put the card down, yeah. you just got <laughs> so, starting Civ. Overall, yeah. four games. Not sure how I feel about it. I will definitely play more games because yeah. it's still like, fun-ish to play but yeah. maybe like a 6.5 out of 10 right now all right we're, we all need to play more of this and then just <laughs> it's been a long time since I, I think we can all be on the same page with like i don't know what to say about this and you've played it more than any of us and you still are on the fence about yeah. this <clears throat> yeah we don't have anything new to say we haven't no played i haven't touched last it thing. I haven't it's all on you Harry. I'll report back when i have 15 games maybe 50, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> 15 games is which i mean this fair. is what i told his son is it's obviously it's clearly not a total flop in what sense? Because we, Harry's still playing it's, it. Like there is, there right? is. If he wants to play 15 games uh-huh. before there's he decides, a puzzle to be. He's well, a little bit of his money. Take that with a grain of salt, because I played. Uh, two, I'm a really big Fallout fan, or was, what, I should say, maybe was a really big Fallout fan. I played. I played 200 hours of Fallout 4, and then I put it down and said, "Wow, that was a bad game." <laughs> okay, so you're a bad. You're a yeah. bad reviewer, is what you're saying. I love you reviewing games on a yeah. show. He's just masochistic. He's covered in all these self inflicted scars and stuff no but i think that's fair though it's it's if i see if something is bugging me or it's like i i maybe i'm my gut instinct is like i dislike it i but if i it's not easy to pull it apart like you Mm. see a bad movie that's obviously a bad movie you can just go oh it's for this and this and this and this this. play a bad game that's really bad like something like i'm gonna i'm gonna be mean here but i hate smash up with an intense passion and you play smash up and you go oh oh boy (laughs) this is easy (laughs) But you play something like Tapster. I'm not saying it's bad, but they're they're you're you're kind of like your spidey sense is tingly all over, and mm-hmm. you're, you can't figure out where what's bugging you especially. But the I don't know a lot more to say on this this game for me at least. It's like mm-hmm. Wingspan turned up to eleven. Yeah, I mean it's an interesting thing to talk about because the more you play it, like the reason you keep playing it is you want to figure out what you like and what you dislike. So which is good the same for any game, yeah, I guess. And sure. why? And why? But why? Uh, anything else? Nope, uh, that's basically it. Good. Joel, what have you been playing recently? I got to play uh, the 12th best game in the world, according to Board Game Geek. Uh, it is a long game. It is not accessible in the slightest. But the rules are not that bad, actually. But, you know, speaking someone that's just like, oh, yeah, let's play some Twilight Struggle on Thursday <laughs> afternoon. Um <laughs> In your hotel room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's War of the Ring. Second edition. 2E. Yeah. Not to be confused with the inferior first version. Yeah. So second edition comes with probably <clears throat> some tweaks to the rules, but I didn't play the first edition, so I don't know what to say. It's different, but looks good. You get a lot of nice little plastic figurines. Some of them are orcs. Some of them are uh, bigger orcs. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are like Suleiman and uh and oh people riding elephants is kinda cool. Um then you've got your good guys. You've got the entire fellowship in metal casting, which is kinda cool. Metal casting. Yeah. Oh nice. That um, is cool. Most of it is plastic, but the fellowship got metal. Uh you've got some beautiful dice and then some much less beautiful dice. Uh which people usually just replace with their own. And then you've got uh, you've got a big map of if you could guess it from the name Middle Earth and the orcs and the elves and everything else and the Fellowship. Uh, so hey, have you played Lord of the Rings? Because or have you read Lord of the Rings? Because then you'll know how to play this game. The Fellowship <laughs> tries to walk to Mount Doom and drop in the ring. The good guys try to take territory from the bad guys, and the bad guys who have way more units. Try to take a lot more territories from the good guys. And stop the fellowship. And stop the fellowship. A little bit. Find the fellowship. Mm. They can't, you can't really stop the fellowship, but you can corrupt Frodo, at which point he just runs off or something. I don't know. Nice. Goes hangs out with Sauron. <laughs> yeah. Buys a Miata. <laughs> I have no idea what he does. <laughs> moves, to, moves to Thailand. Yeah, gets a bad attitude. <laughs> So the map is designed a certain way where basically all the baddies start in like Mordor or in the south and the east and they kind of sweep across the map. But they've got to kind of do it in a careful way where they don't sweep across too fast or spread themselves too thin 
or the good guys can kind of like sneak in and all the good guys need to do is take four victory points in territories and then they win otherwise the bad guys need 10 uh which is a lot it's a lot of it's basically the whole map it's just about the whole map so uh have you guys heard of star wars rebellion Mm-hmm. Direct ripoff of this game. I swear, I've played them both. Really? They are the exact same game, except that this one is much better and more fun oh. and simpler. Holy smokes, that is some. I, I hate this term. This is what the kids are saying, but that's some serious shade you've thrown. <laughs> yeah. on, uh... Hey, maybe I'm being reductionist. I don't know. Reductionist. But, uh, <laughs> it's the same game. Uh, more or less, you've got a very powerful entity trying to find a weaker entity, and the weaker entity has abilities to be sneaky and move and hide, and the powerful entity just has the big Forces. fist of doom. I thought the cool. uh, the whole fellowship thing was on an entirely separate track. Like, is there some hidden map movement where you're ma- moving them through territories? Or yeah, is- so what you do is each time you move on that track that you mentioned, uh, you don't have to say where you moved. In fact, you don't even need to decide where you moved. But once you're found, you must then publicly declare exactly where you went. Mm-hmm. And if you go through an enemy fortress, you get a chance to be found again or more corruption. If you uh, if you like try to take a shortcut and you end up going through some enemies or some uh, Nazgul, again you you're gonna you're gonna get chance of corruption. So basically, uh, you're trying to move as much as you can before you get found. And then once you're found, you are moving across the map. And there's a little symbol on the map showing okay. where you are. And if somebody puts a Nazgul and an enemy force there. They get two re-rolls every time they try to find you. Hmm. And it's basically you're just rolling. You're hitting on fives or sixes. It's the same with combat. That's it. That's it. Did cool. it turn into uh, my plastic pile versus your plastic pile? No, not really. It's much easier for the baddies to amass a big force. The goodies have to spread out their thing. They don't really have much chance to uh, muster. And you can only muster once you're at war which uh, most of the goodies start at a peaceful state. Cool. Uh, one of the upsides of that is that you can't enter an enemy's border unless they're at war. So, unless you're at war. So, like, all of the baddies also start in a state of peace, and you need to expend declare war. dice in order to declare war. It's just like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my ambassador leaves your <laughs> your kingdom or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since I read the books, but... I, I... You could have sworn, yeah, they were already that in there the were no state work ambassadors. Well, Isengard wasn't really. In but there are people who yeah, didn't true. want. I, I get Saruman that there was pretending to be a nice guy. Yeah, but I get there were like s- different cities and whatnot who maybe didn't want to contribute for various reasons. But uh, that's one thing. Like, <laughs> like, hold on. Like, Sauron has just had to formally declare he wanted to destroy the <laughs> man. Yeah, they're in a state of peace. Yeah, okay, friendly. That's fine. It's I can get past that. I'm not even a huge Lord of the Rings fan. So you think it's a. Uh... Do you think it's balanced so that the, uh, I don't know, forces of darkness or whatever you want to call them are, are slightly more likely to win just the map fight, but then there's also a fellowship thrown in? Yes. And I think that the fellowship is kind of the default way that uh, the good guys should try to win. I don't okay. think they should ever try to win militarily, although I, I know that it's happened. and I know it's like fairly well balanced as far as stats go for the good guys and the bad guys to win. I think the reason that the good guys can win military er, militarily is kind of just like a warning to the mm-hmm. bad guys to not yeah. just get sure. too sure. aggressive. Otherwise, they're just going to get snuck on. Cool. Um, before we move on to what Jack's been playing, I want to just tell what happened in our game. So, Lord of the Rings, uh, you could say like uh, Star Wars Rebellion says like relive or no, tell your own Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. This is definitely the same thing. Tell your own Lord of the Rings story. So you've got a lot of thematic cards to be like, oh, you're near Moria. Oh, something happens to Gandalf. Uh, So (laughs) straight up. And then if Gandalf dies, oh, he can come back as Gandalf the White. And then he goes into Mirkwood. This is actually what happened. He goes into Mirkwood. He starts messing with ants and telling the ants to go attack uh, Saruman. And all of a sudden all these ants come riding out and bam, 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 start bopping on Moria. Does it always... Like, do these events always follow the mm. actual Lord of the Rings story, or is there room for variation? It's a random deck of cards. You each have your own deck of cards, so it depends on when you draw them. Okay, interesting. But certain ones trigger only at certain times. Cool. How many yeah. cards do you have in your hand? Uh, you have a limit of mm. six cards, 
and you can play one as a either as a battle action or as an event action, and so you can always throw in into throw so you're one into a ops fight. or event. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Except it's not a number. It's just like text at the top, text at the bottom. Pick what you're gonna do, and a lot of the text at the top can only happen at a certain time. Another cool thing is there's heroes on the outside, and they're out of the game until a certain thing happens. So, for example, you can't get Saruman until Isengard's at war. Oh, cool. And then that also gets you an extra die. Mm-hmm. Or, like, Eowyn rides into battle as, like, Durnhelm. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this, listen to you. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> really big Lord of the Rings. If you like Lord of the Rings, you are going to love this game. How, yeah. we'll if you're a huge Lord of the Rings fan, why have you not picked up this game? If it's sitting especially, like, top 15. Yeah, I mean, especially because it sounds like the kind of game I would really like. And it's two, like, mm-hmm. it says yeah. four players. Well, let's be honest here. It's, it's two to four because <laughs> you can do, like, two on two. Yeah. Nerd. Which might be interesting, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's there's three nations for the bad guys yeah. and four for the good guys. So there's definitely an option for like, oh, I'll control these guys. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you better work together otherwise. For sure. Anyway, at the end of the game, uh, the Fellowship managed to climb all the way up to Mount Doom. They were, they basically had the resource to, on their next move, drop the ring into the, into the fires and, and save the day. Uh, and one final attack on... Um, Helm's Deep uh, set the bad get baddies over the edge and they got 10 victory points and won the game. Oh, nice. It's very cool. Right down to the edge. And then Sauron was like, hey, what are you doing on that mountain? <laughs> <laughs> and everything was saved. <laughs> Didn't check the ring in any way. So. Anyway, I'll, gi- I'll give uh, War for the Ring uh, 12 out of 12 rings for men. Or maybe it was nine. I don't remember. <laughs> Harry? Harry? Uh, I think it's nine rings. Dwarven rings? <laughs> anyway, uh, Jack, what are you going to play? Five golden rings. Is it five golden rings? Hmm. In the song? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, not nearly as exciting. Um, so let's start with one of the best new games I've played in a long time. Uh, it's a game by the good Herr Doctor, Reiner Knizia, and mm. it's called Shot and Totten. <laughs> and I think Kayla was explaining this to Harry uh, on Sunday. And it is a game where each of you are trying to take control of a bunch of rocks that rolled out in spring in Scotland. (laughs) And that sounds exciting, doesn't it? Except it's handled in a very Keynesian way, which is he loves numbers and he loves math and he loves cards. And he did uh, a previous, this is a remake of a Shot and Totten that's been out for a long time. But there's another game he did, I believe, called Battle Line, which is a similar concept. But basically, there are six suits of cards that go from one to nine. And what you're trying to do is every, you have a hand of cards, and every time on your turn, you're playing one card on your side of these stones, which are little wooden uh, chits, basically. It's like a line that you lay a line front between uh, the players. Exactly. Right? Sorry, I should have said that. So you have a line of these nine uh, things between you separating you, kind of like a Hadrian's Wall type thing going on. And what you want to do is you play one of these cards down, and you're trying to be the best hand of cards on that side out of three. And it goes from uh, just the pure number there to uh, a run to a color, to three of a kind, to a run in one color in terms of strength. And you're trying to, as soon as all three cards have been played, or according to the rules, you can prove to your opponent there's no way for them to beat you, you take that chit and you move it to your side. And you win by having five of them from anywhere or three that are next to each other or adjacent. And you just win like that. So every turn you're playing card, drawing card, and you're looking at your opponent and wondering, oh God, what is she up to? Oh, she's got one, two. They're all the same color. Is it worth investing in this area? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I can trump her with a two, three, four. I don't know. So you're trying to spread out, but it's like very similar to Lost Cities in the sense of you have this board that you're both playing off of. It's kind of in the middle of you, and you're trying to push your luck to an extent. Um, tremendous fun. We learned it and played it. Uh, the rules take five, ten minutes to teach. And then we opened it up on Saturday, and we had played six games that day, just uh, three right then and there, brought it to Toronto. We're sitting in a bar, playing some right in the, the pub. It was tons of fun. So do you start with nothing on either side? Correct. Nothing on mm-hmm. the board. And you're only allowed to play three cards per rock? Or per rock. Wood? So as soon as you put three cards down on your side, that's it. You're locked in. So what happens is, uh, at least in terms of the games we've played, is that 
you reach a point at the end where you've invested in some places and some of those investments have paid off and some of them have not. And mm-hmm. you're kind of looking at it and just hoping that her investments are worse right. than yours. But it's possible for you to like have an investment. You have two cards played and then you draw a card Absolutely. and you look at it and you go, oh my God, it's, it's what perfect. I needed. It's perfect. Absolutely. But or it's... you could give up on a place and then yes. get the card that you needed. Oh yeah. Like, no, Which is just like Lost Cities Lost where you cities. kind of like call, yeah. calling it a day, putting down that high card, just like cutting my losses. Mm-hmm. So if you know, we've, I don't know if we talked about Lost Cities very much on this show, but it used to be one of our favorite games. It's still great, um, but we just don't play it as much. I, I think a new edition of Lost Cities would be nice with like brighter artwork and uh, I don't know, get rid of the tarot size cards, even though it's kind of fun, but whatever. Either way, Shoten Toten, it's we paid 15 bucks for our J&Js. There's zero reason not to own this game. If you like two-player games, nice. you like quick-playing games, you want to bring something with you when you're traveling with another person, loads of fun. The only problem could be maybe the, the slight requirement for the nine things because it'll probably take up an entire table, if not a little bit more. But big deal. You can sort out. So, Shoten Toten. Um, so if you have one card down on one thing... You've and you've technically won it. Is there any point at the end where you claim that, or do you have to like get the three cards down on both sides in order for that thing to move? Mm, I don't know if you could ever win anything with one card. Maybe at the very end of the game, if mm. you were able to show that. But so would that be a situation where neither of you have reached the critical mass, which is five or whatever? Yep. There's there? always enough cards for the way it's distributed for everything to line up. So th- at the end, no, there are going to be no cards in your hands or in the deck, and they're all going to be out. And that's cool. it. So, me cool. like theoretically, you can drop down seven, eight, nine in one color. It's like you can't beat me here. Mm-hmm. So, and then if there is ever no, no, because if there's ever a tie, I believe it's the first person there. So anyway, big deal. Hmm. Neat game, very cute, and uh, highly, highly recommended. The good doctor wins again. <laughs> he just can't stop winning. <laughs> and the last thing I'm going to say is I'm um, going to weigh in one more time on Outer Worlds. Got in a little bit more on it. Um, Harry said something interesting and since Harry said it I've been doing the exact thing he did and which is uh, the game has this bizarre mechanic that's very obfuscated which is that you need the tinker you need to your weapons stink for the most part if you're relying on random drops in the game you are going to have a very unfun time because they don't scale they're very bad they're poor very poor what they want you to do is they want you to go into the menu and or at a workbench and hit the tinker button and it what it does is it raises the weapons level and boosts the damage up to i think exactly your your level or five higher than you what is it uh you can go you can like level up the weapon yeah. by up to five higher than your level up to five it just higher. increases its damage basically yeah, yeah. but the, the problem the cost? is it costs more and more and more and more and it costs just in-game currency like yeah straight yeah. up there's no resources or anything it just costs you it's like bizarre. credits or whatever it's very called. bizarre and something that it sounds silly but Dark Souls fixed. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. there's basic things. You can only get up to a certain level with this. Then you got to find rare items to get it up to this. And then to max out a weapon, there are only like a couple of these in the entire right. game world. In this game, it's just all money. It's all money-based, which is kind of which oddly can imbalanced. You, can you buy? What's that? Can you buy in-game currency? No. No. God, no, no, no. <laughs> okay, no, good. No, <laughs> no, no. But the problem is, so like it gets, it just, it's this... Um, exponential increase in cost so you can end up boosting a weapon a bunch of times and then all of a sudden it's like costs you seven grand to put it up another level and you're like mm, that's not worth it yeah unless you dump all your points into science and you get a tinker skill where it caps off the amount of money you need to boost your weapons so all of a sudden it turns into yeah. just mashing the buy button it is very tedious it's dumb certainly it, what's the most expensive it gets well, I'm just saying, like, right now, there's one rifle that would cost me seven grand to mm. bump it up another level. Uh-huh. It's not remotely worth it. Yeah, but it's, like, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, if you wanted to play at a high difficulty level, I think you just have to do this. Yeah. It's the basically the only thing for you to spend in-game currency on. Yeah. I never well, want to do any of these things. Like, in The Witcher, where you could get oils, and it would, like, make, make fights so much easier. You never did I that? Just, I, was, eh. I thought the game was based around you sitting there <laughs> doing it. Getting all the oils, whatever, the potions, like, honing your things. They get damaged, and they do less damage, and you're supposed to, you know, repair uh, them. I'm like, astounded eh. you never did any of this. <laughs> I, mean, I, I would sometimes throw out things and pick up other ones just because they were damaged. I can but. definitely respect that take because it's it's like it's it's, it's tedium, tedious. and yeah. if you don't enjoy it, then it's <clears throat> good to ignore it. I feel like one of it's one of those things where I, I really dislike the outer worlds right now because 
it's tedium and i feel like i have to do it i'm compelled yeah. to but well I that's it because you have to read all the item descriptions well that's that's something totally other <laughs> oh i enjoy that <laughs> but you're exactly right in the sense that it, it doesn't i don't think i'm having fun with the other worlds i'm just doing it at this point because it's not horrible but i need to finish it <laughs> what if it gets better <laughs> what if it gets the, the, the tapestry defense <laughs> yeah even in fallout 4 they couldn't pay me to to put a mod on my gun oh, <laughs> that game was just bad yeah, the the mods are really boring in this again too. It's like there's nothing. There, let's just say I haven't been excited in a very nothing, very long time. Everything about this game is satisfactory, and nothing <laughs> nothing is exciting. This is not yeah. a glowing review. This is like a six. Uh, well, here's the, I want them. I hopefully it sells well enough to make a sequel, and hopefully they listen to uh, psychos like myself who say this game is boring. Go crazy! You, you you were let off the leash. You you didn't have Bethesda telling you what you do. Didn't totally. have anyone. You could have done anything. And, and it's like the safest possible it's game very they could have produced. Very speaking very safe. Of, speaking of games that are being accused of being boring, why <laughs> does Death Stranding have like a six point four out of ten on most rating systems? It's, it's my understanding is that if you look at it, the Western reviewers are taking a dump all over it. Whereas. Uh, and this is slightly controversial, but uh, Famitsu, the most prestigious of the, the Japanese um, mm. games mags, gave it round the clock or every uh, across the board 40s, which is yeah. perfect for them. I think it's uh, probably people just don't like it as much or there's mixed reviews of it. That's all I can say. I haven't yeah. played it. So I yeah, I haven't played it. It's a unique game style, maybe. I mean... I heard I heard the, a comment from Kojima saying that it's because uh, all Americans want our like FPS games. Well, that was apparently uh, yeah. mistranslated. So oh, really? they, they, make, they have to walk that back. Uh -huh, uh -huh. He's just saying okay, that they, it's very popular uh -huh. over there and people aren't uh -huh. ex expecting it. So it, it, the FPS genre is uh, the king. Cool. Like if you break down yeah, what yeah, is, yeah. but it's like, yeah, <laughs> this isn't an FPS. That's mm -hmm. it. Yeah, there's no modern warfare. I want to know it's the numbers no on those. Like, how do they how do they make games like Modern Warfare every year? Sometimes Same like game. twice a year, and still like FIFA. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The sports games like NBA, Two K, cannot understand <laughs> or whatever it is. Do they actually make money those games, or I, I still can't figure them out? They must because they keep making them. No, there is a huge following. I mean, anybody that likes sports plays those games. I mean, except for yeah, I like sports. I don't play those games. I don't yeah. really like sports. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Musical break. We'll be back in a second. Stay tuned.
Listen to me. The spice must flow. The spice has given me accelerated evolution for 4,000 years. It has enabled you to live 200. It gives the Bene Gesserit sisterhoods the metaphysical ability to see beyond. You have superior powers. Our power to fold space is in the spice. Without us, your empire would be lost. On isolated, scattered planets, you would be lost. One small point. Here it comes. All right, welcome back to CFRU 93.3 FM. What you just heard was Blood in Moonlight. From the Midnight Ensemble, a bit of doom jazz for you, because it's uh, when things are gloomy outside, you know, you just want to solve a mystery. Harry walked in my office, his hair <laughs> covered in snow. I knew he was trouble from the get-go. <laughs> just kidding. Harry's a good guy. Um, you also heard a brief clip from... Uh, the much-loved and uh, universally uh, considered success, David Lynch's Dune. <laughs> universally disclaimed. <laughs> it's, it's, um, because, spoiler, because we already talked about at the beginning of the show, we've got to play Dune. Nothing beats Dune. Dune. What an experience. Dune 2, Sand on Earth. Yeah, what a game, eh? All right, let's get this out of the way. Uh, Dune is a game that came out close to 30 years ago. It's uh, designed by the same guys who did Cosmic Encounter, and when you understand that, things make a little more sense about <laughs> a lot of the, <laughs> the mechanics. And it is a legendary game of six factions vying for control of Arrakis, which is otherwise known as Dune. You can win by controlling three of these special places uh, at the end of your turn, or if you're in an alliance with somebody else, four of them. There's backstabbing, there is dropping down out of nowhere, there are traitors, there are um, epic fights in which weapons are revealed and defended against, and you are reposted and murdered. It's There's a lot going on, and it was also really long, I think. Oh, yeah. uh, Kayla was upset, because uh, we started at 3.30, approximately, maybe a bit later. We, we played for about six hours. We played six hours, which is... It's kind of what I was expecting, to be honest. So longer than uh, apparently the, the box was longer than what you sold to her. Well, I, apparently the box is 120 minutes. That's a which is that is a damn dirty lie. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours. That's that's just false. In, I've watched three prof- like three games with professionals playing, and none of them have gone under three hours. Maybe they mean with like three players. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, three player Dune. That'd be uh, fun. Anyway, um, let's go right to Harry and Joel. Harry, what did you think of Dune? The flavor, amazing. Like like the the just the way that the game plays matches Dune incredibly. I guess that's kind of what this show is all about with uh, War of the Ring as well. Good like it's team, so, yeah, some good teams today. It should almost be a prerequisite <laughs> to read Dune before uh, before playing it this inspired game. Inspired stuff so to good. read it. You it's, definitely get more amazing. out of it for sure. Um, overall game good. I don't know, includes all the game mechanics that I think we like. I feel like, broadly speaking, each of us really enjoys playing these kind of, like, epic territory control troop movement kind of style games. Um, and this one's good. It's uh, It's got all these really interesting elements. You play around a circular map that has territories. The storm, there's a giant sandstorm on this desert planet mm-hmm. that just rotates around and kills units who aren't in kind of protected areas. And you're kind of playing within that framework. It's really cool. Um asymmetric uh faction power asymmetric to the extreme yeah it's intense where it's like there's like nobody is playing in nearly the same way yeah at least it shouldn't be but the what i think one of my the favorite things about this game uh, alliances Mm. you it's asymmetric the all the factions are incredibly different and you can form an alliance with someone and when you form an alliance with someone you give them part of your faction power and then each two faction alliance like is feels so incredibly different in the way that they play, you know. And you, you actually benefits. We're doing stuff with your partner as opposed to just like, yeah, sure. let's just attack him this turn. Okay, we, we're not attacking. Great, we're not attacking each other. Like uh-huh. you actually 
so for me, I was playing the Atreides, and their whole thing is you get to look at these treachery cards before they're auctioned off. I'm not going to go into the rules. Look them up yourself because nobody agrees on the rules anyway. Yeah. Um, but you can look at them, and then you're the only one allowed to take notes. And you would you look at them, and you write down what it is and who ends up auctioning it. You can tell your ally not to buy it or to buy it or at least reveal what it is, and they can come up with their own clue. But you're talking to, your, you're talking mm-hmm, to them. Totally. You're actually helping each other. Which felt so refreshing compared to some of these lame yeah. uh, alliances. Until they turn on you and you're like, man, I shouldn't have told them so much. I don't, to be honest, I don't know. I could barely was keeping track. <laughs> it, it, a lot of times I got so excited just showing off the card that I forgot to write down who mm-hmm. took it. Yeah. So. Well, I was like telling Stefan like, hey, look, I got this truth trance. I think it'll be really useful. I think we should use it soon. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he betrays me immediately. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, great. Hey, Harry, I've got this truth <laughs> trance card. Uh, what do you think we should do with it? Um, Joel, what did you think? Absolutely loved it. I think uh, I'm right with Harry as far as the theme goes. The theme is bang on. Uh, you play a lot of games where you get like a unique starting uh, race or ability of thinking things like uh, Twilight Imperium uh, or uh, DC where, you know, it's like it's it's interesting, but you could still play the game the exact same way. Mm-hmm. But this one, it's like the game is completely riding on the asymmetry. Uh, the entire map is designed in a certain way where it's very tight, but for example, the Atreides get to start in Arrakis, so they get to move three at the start because if you control a city, you can move three, uh, and movement is really difficult. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So for people like the guild and the emperor, once they drop their units down, they're, they're there until they die because you get movement of one. It's like there's probably nothing interesting around that you really want to go to. Well, let's. I'm going to interrupt you for a second. So for those who don't know, let's break down the, the factions here. So we've already talked about the Atreides. Their whole thing is limited psychic abilities to, and this is something I didn't do till the end of the game, but you can look at the spice blow because every round what's going to happen is you're going to flip over some cards and it's going to show where the storm's going. Maybe. <laughs> that was another rule that we were thinking about at the end. <laughs> yeah. And you flip over another card, which is going to show where the spice shows up. And the Atreides should be looking at that every turn and saying, okay, I know where the spice is going to show. And then just like whistling as they (laughs) move Mm -hmm. to a different territory. And then they also join the treachery card stuff. Uh, Harry, you had the Fremen. The the Fremen, the the native inhabitants of this planet. So I guess the spice is the currency in this game. And you need spice for everything, basically. Um, But the Fremen, because they live here, just all have advantages that let them, you can move farther um, you don't have to pay to teleport or to get transported down onto this planet because you already live here. There. Um, you get to ride sandworms yeah. in some extraordinary circumstances. Uh, and uh, otherwise, they're just really good at movement and, and kind of that scrappy, uh, we might ex- expect from a kind of insurgent faction. Mm. For free revivals. Right? You get free get revivals. Like a, a bunch of troops. They, they, Re- they die, they come back. Some really good stuff for the Fremen. Yeah. <laughs> Combat-wise, Fremen are great. Very also, good. there's some advanced things like very poor. Oh, nobody is strong against the Fremen, and the Fremen are strong about against just about everybody. And yes. Yeah, we'll get into that in a second <laughs> because that's going to be important in a moment. But um, we'll Joel, stick to what, simple rules for yeah, now. Yeah. What faction were you? I was the Bene Gesserit, which is these beautiful women who travel around the world. Mm, and that's subjective. <laughs> if you've seen, and, uh, if you've seen the Dune movie, you'll know <laughs> that they're not beautiful at all. <laughs> oh yeah. Kind of spooky looking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't understand what it is with games games lately and, and casting me as this, like, uh, sort of mysterious girl. <laughs> <laughs> this is thinking back to the LARP from last time, and now here I am. Oh, hello. If you'd been cast Would in Chelsea's like role, I'd agree with you 100%. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, the best suggestion are, are, are space witches. Yeah. Uh, they uh, advise, and they have very... Um, they've, they've spent thousands of years developing a some kind of psychic ability to force people to do things they want what does it sound like joel do not use a shield <laughs> <laughs> that's what i decided the voice <laughs> <laughs> and uh and yeah basically uh, anytime somebody warps into the planet i'm just gonna come along with them and then i can kind of sneak my way around and also i have the added benefit of trying to guess exactly when and who will win the game and if i do that and if i bamboozle them into winning harry's shaking his head what a shame then i win instead but i but joel i've read online that never happens yeah 
<laughs> yeah, I read that too. <laughs> so we'll just cut to the chase on this one. Joel predicted the Fremen win in round, turn seven, which is for never in a million years if you put a gun to my head would I have gotten away with <laughs> it. Said, because yeah. it's, and, oh, look, Harry ended up winning in an alliance with the Emperor. Was the Emperor? Uh, yes, I was. Uh, in, on turn seven. So there you go. As they were reveling in their victory, I, I recited the litany against fear and then revealed to them uh-huh. that they were all part of my grand plan. Uh, what a shame. <laughs> Never fall for that again un- until the next time we play. I think like, uh, I don't think anybody will because I think like uh, from what I've been like watching and reading, every time the Bene Gesserit like makes a mistake kind of quote unquote uh everyone becomes very suspicious they pounce on it. right and so there was a situation just in the game that i was watching today the third game by mm-hmm. uh matt colville dungeon master guys and uh it was like this weird thing where the benedict just kind of like moved out of an area and everyone was like you're predicting this round you're predicting <laughs> yeah, in this round yeah. nice and then try. everybody <laughs> com- immediately changed all of which their is, moves which is the same scenario that happened in our game you through your inaction i guess allowed us a path to victory exactly and we i just assumed that you know you thought we we're safe or that we couldn't win and then yeah. turns out it was did you even think about time. it though i'm just gonna didn't go for think the about spice. it i didn't think about it at all <laughs> Because to be honest, I forgot about most of what was going on by the end there. I was just so furious. Walking over to the spice. Uh-huh. Just don't ignore the fact that I have like uh, 15 units outside of your also, base. Also, <laughs> hold on. Not just walking over the spice. Walking over the spice where I was already set up. Yeah. <laughs> and starting to get mm, another just fight. Just making the angry Atreides even more angry. Because it was like the only units that he was able to get onto just the board. Just absolutely frustrating. Uh, so another thing about this game. I think you can kind of get in a situation where you can see yourself as kind of more or less out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, and uh, there were tons of misplays on my part all over the place, but uh, by the end, it was definitely one of these things where close thing to think of as playing, like, a Civ game and being down and yeah, out, and you're sure. just sitting there just... I, I'm not even getting trade cards. Screw I mean, this. there's only... Really, there's only kind of, like, two resources in this game. You have Spice, which is a currency, and you have Troops in Reserve. Your Troops in Reserve, you have to pay to get them back, and Expensive. you can still only get three back around. Yeah. So... If you lose a lot of troops to battle and you're poor, um, it's extremely hard to get back into the game. Which is where, like, I think looking back on it that there were so many times when I dumped unnecessary amounts of troops into fights and stuff. Because something about doing that you have to keep in mind, too, is that when two people fight, the loser loses everything for the most part. The winner only loses what you commit. So you, But some of these fights were always, for the most part, these... Um, fairly equal scraps where you're like, oh, I can't risk it. Mm-hmm. So you just commit everything except commit one lot, yeah. or something. And then you, you win, you go, oh boy. <laughs> and then <laughs> swipe them all. The ta- Let's just say the tank section of the board by the end of the game was just yeah, like... <laughs> it's horrible. The Tleaxi were winning. Yeah, <laughs> Whoever owns those things made a killing. For sure. Like it made a huge difference. Like because the Fremen have free revival, I only had Saved one soldier fortune. in the Tleaxi tanks yeah. at the end of the game, which yeah. was compared to like... Um, I don't know. Some factions probably had like ten, yeah, o- yeah, over ten. So Kayla was the Harkonnen, and their whole thing is about traitors and treachery. Everyone starts with the traitor card. That if you get in a fight with somebody and you have to play a leader, and they that leader matches the what your card is, you're allowed to call out treachery. Which I always thought, like, there's already treachery cards. Just say mm-hmm. traitor. Everyone agrees yeah. traitor. Um, and then you win the fight automatically because mm-hmm. you got dirt on them. You got and you lose nothing. You lose nothing, and you laugh and you laugh. Um, so that was, that's the Harkonnen's gimmick. Uh, Steppen was the emperor and his thing is super rich. And there's this round of auctioning where you're bidding on these cards, which you can play in fights. And he gets to scoop up all that money that's been bid on these cards. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you ally with him, uh, he can share some of that wealth with you, just like the Harkonnen can, uh, call out traders on your turn if you're allied with them. And last but not least, we had David who played the spacing guild, which are basically space taxis. And his thing was just being able, really good at being shipping people down to the planet, and that's kind of where the ability stopped. Because I have to say, and this is what I was going to say earlier, is that the base game you can play the, and you just look at one part of the sheet and it just says normal rules. You go into the advanced rules, all of a sudden all these factions have way more powers, generally speaking, and are far more interesting. And and the reason why we didn't play them, I think, correctly is that it's way more to keep keep track of. Like, I can barely play my own faction, let alone worry about everyone's special. It was already 
quite asymmetric. Yeah. With the advanced rules, it becomes completely different. Yeah. The it's Fremen have a double-sided double <laughs> card yeah. for this stuff. For sure. Um, but it is a totally different game. And uh, so I felt a little bad for David because I felt like his faction was kind of lame. And then, like powerful, but, yeah, but kind of yeah. boring. But he was doing it perfectly. And looking back on it, I was irritated with him for just screwing with me. But I think he was doing what he was supposed to and just slowing down the game because yeah. the Space and Guild have a special win condition where if nobody's won the game by round 10, he wins <laughs> just by default. So <laughs> there must be a winner. I thought yeah, anyway. So he was just he would just send guys on these suicide missions to screw with people, basically. <laughs> But yeah. uh, he definitely had a raw draw, a raw run of um, like not winning any fights that I was aware of, <laughs> but for sure. Yeah, poor guy. But uh, I think the guild has a pretty good, pretty good ability of just kind of allying with anybody that's worried about someone else winning, which mm. not didn't really come up in our game. We were just kind of, like, oh, I guess they'll probably win. Mm. I mean, so we had. Uh... There's the advanced rules that we didn't play with, and then there's even more advanced optional rules that you can play with. I, I'm really impressed by the rules for this game. This is a, a new printing. In what way are you impressed? We'll have to talk about the edition. history, because remember mm -hmm. you went and accidentally looked at the wrong one. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was confusing. Insane it is. But I, I did want to add that there's also, like, those, uh, there's a card you can play in the game that just cancels an ability. The Karamas. The Karamas. Uh, really powerful but card. But then we didn't play with optional Karama rules where each player faction also has a different karama effect yeah, yeah, which yeah. Is... and i was gonna say that karama cards for the spacing guild it seems kind of anti-thematic that uh the spacing guild controls a siege and then somebody comes along and gives them some money and then they get to drop in 10 territories and attack <laughs> the spacing guild <laughs> paying the spacing guild to move them there i would have to look uh, at that so that in, instead the karama card allows one spacing guild play, uh, once per round to say no I will not teleport you, which, <laughs> which is nice. very powerful, Inc insanely powerful. And then there's uh, the Harkonnen who get to like trade away four of their cards, which when they're getting four secret cards extra from everybody else, and who knows, they're just random. They could be useless. You could end up with losing your laser gun and your amazing stuff, and just end up with four useless cards. Oh yeah, for sure. Which is another funny thing. We're all bidding <laughs> on these treachery cards, and we're paying f outrageous amounts of money for them. And yet, the Atreides quietly looks at all of them and knows which ones are completely useless. For sure. Because for sure. at least three types of cards are just nothing. Uh -huh. And it's loot, interesting. And then, like holiday. all of all of the money again, like we described, goes to the Emperor from yeah, the bidding. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of cool stuff. Going and then on. all the money for transporting goes to the guild. Mm -hmm. And all the money for spice goes to Harry. <laughs> mm, I was rich in the spice. And the other thing, too, is if you kill a leader in combat, you take a bounty on them. Yeah. So that's where I think if if, if uh, the Harkonnen player was playing more aggressively, should have been just constantly starting fights with people just to murder leaders left, right, and center. Oh, yeah. And with the advanced rules, if they kill a leader, oh, yeah, they sure. take him as a bounty, and you can use him in a fight. So it's like, yeah, kill him. I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. I'm really intrigued by the advanced rules because also in the advanced rules, you have to pay spice for your troops yes. to fight at full effectiveness. Yeah. yeah. But you if you spice. get into a fight and you are the Harkonnens, let's say, it's easy for you to kill the opponent's leader and get that bounty. Yeah. So you are getting paid back for that spice they have to spend. So it seems like the the combat is even more high risk, high reward. Which is would be nicer because I think we were playing fairly clumsily, in my opinion, in the mm -hmm. sense of there's just like I'm gonna punch you. A lot of high loss fights. You. Yeah, yeah. Just... and also really there was only one reasonable place to fight unless you were trying to win, which was where the spice blow was. And if there's two splice bows, mm -hmm. then there's fights here, there's fights there, and then there's fights for all of the fortresses. Sure. All of the fortresses produce spice. Plus, you get your your hel helicopter things. Plus, plus, then there are more sandworms. Yes, more worms. who doesn't like a good sandworm? So let's let's move on to Shy something hooked. a little more, um, a little broader. Um, would you recommend Dune to other people? And if yes or no, why? What do you think, Joel? In a heartbeat, I would definitely recommend it to anybody who's enthusiastic about games or has read Dune. I think you have to have at least mm -hmm. one of those things. I I know, like uh, for example, Ian said Dune is his favorite book. He's very much looking forward to playing. Uh, if if you if you don't know what's going on in Dune or you don't like heavy games, do Stay not away. play this game. Stay away. I, let's just point this out. On the forums, there are <laughs> two two rules questions which have upwards of twenty replies. One has like twenty seven, and one has over a hundred uh, replies on on people that just don't agree. So this is, I guess, the history of this game. It was originally printed like 30 years ago or however long. Yeah. Um, 79. 
1979, and since then, people have been playing this a lot and having a lot of, lot of arguments because there's some, some ambiguity in the rules. Some. And, and also <laughs> because people have been playing it in tournaments, and at the tournaments, they make house rules in order yes. to balance the game better. So there's basically three sets of Dune rules. There's the original rules, there's the tournament rules, which get modified every year, and then there's the new printing rules, which right. is Gale Force 9 has come out with this new printing in 2019. This is what we're playing. <laughs> Uh, just pop up the rules here. So we've got uh... we've got everything: truth, trance, slavery, uh, Harkonnen, special karma, and hand limit. Few rules questions: Hide your movement for other players. Allies give spice outside of bid ship move phase. Bigger no bigger board. Screw that. Um, <laughs> captured leader versus original owner. Karama once and for all. It's mm-hmm. just like the. You, I'm not going to say there aren't a lot of rules questions for a lot of games, but if you look at the sheer volume on the Doom board game For geek sure. page, it's enough to make you go, how could we have not yeah. fixed this? And how effort? old is this game? Like, 30 like years this old. is the 2019 edition, and there's already oh, yeah. upwards of 280 I, posts I, on the rules. I think they did a pretty good job with the 2019 edition, taking into account the old rules and a lot of the like tournament rules and house rules that people are playing. Yeah. I would never recommend the original edition to someone. It sounds I, like, like after After reading through some of these rules questions, it sounds like a total nightmare. What about you, Jack? Would you recommend uh, you're listening to this show? You're like, hey, I kind of like board games. But maybe I should give this Dune a go. Wait for if you are like exactly what Joel said. If you are into heavy games, uh, give it a shot. If you like Dune, absolutely give it a shot. If you cannot handle possibly sitting down for a game that could be over in two hours or go on for seven or eight hours, this is not for you. If you can't handle feeling upset about somebody backstabbing you or betraying you or having your plans go out the window in a blink of an eye, don't play this game. What it's... would Kayla say about it? Kayla thought it was a good game. She, it would snuff for her. Yeah. That's so she'll not be back. Maybe maybe it's like TI4 for me. And like every <laughs> year I get one. That's yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, I found my sheet here. Twitter, 80 Radio CFRU. Uh, Instagram, Androids Dungeon CFRU, and email us at androidsdungeon at cfru.ca. Thank you for listening. Support the station. Do whatever you like. Uh, stay tuned.